0: Welcome to the Triple M Brisbane podcast for Tour de Brisbane, sponsored by Transurban. It can only happen once a year. The city is closing its roads just for you. Grab your bike and join the race. The Tour to Brisbane. Info at tourtobrisbane.org. All right, here we go. Everybody get ready ready. Top of Caxton Street, home of Suncorp Stadium, Lefties, Gambaros and the Caxton Hotel on 104.5 Triple M and the listener app. This is Triple M Breakfast with Marto, Margo and Dan. Triple M Breakfast. Wednesday, February 28th. Uh, this is this particular podcast. Margo, Margo
1: Morning, hello Jamie, thank you for being with us this morning well, Dan out of action
0: Big yeah, yeah, right.
1: man got to step in Can I just,
2: I just heard that tour to Brisbane uh, We're obviously supporting it and I'm going to ride in it yeah. I was riding along yesterday just wondering sure, I'm, a, I'm a soul You know, I'm a lone wolf I just ride on my own I get a lot of time to think um, After I finish here is there anyone else at Triple M rides to work that you know of? No, Should not I... that I know of. Oh. It's too dilly
1: round. Only you're man enough to
0: wear Lycra. But who else? Why doesn't do someone else ride a bike? Do you think or do you stew?
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> Whilst he's abusing the road work, traffic yeah, yeah, workers. Yeah. When yeah. we talk
2: revenge it's more plotting. <laughs> okay. Plotting plot. Yeah, well you yeah, plot yeah. Revenge. Right. And that's normally what I think. No, I'm well, thinking plot about on the way to work and well, stew on the way home, <laughs> wouldn't you? I know. I actually it's funny you say that because I do actually it's a good chance to think on the way to work. On the way on the way home I don't think much at all. But um I was thinking I don't think I could do the 110 kilometers anymore. I used to do that regularly. Now my agates go to sleep after about 20k. <laughs> I remember interviewing Cadell Evans, you know who Cadell Evans is, Marco, he won the Tour de France. Yes, I mm-hmm. remember. Spoke to him. He said there's something wrong with you if your nuts are falling asleep on the bike. Because you go numb and you can't feel anything. Right. You can't feel okay. anything you need at padding.
1: all. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Maybe you a new he, said,
2: he said you need a new seat, but obviously I haven't done anything about it. But um, Well, Dan's not here. Does he ride bikes? or? Because I know the yeah. procedure oh, know he's that we're dancing around. Yeah. He's got yeah. troubles downstairs there. Yeah. I don't think he's got much longer.
1: What did he call it? A varicose <laughs> seal. Varicose <laughs> vein, wasn't it? It's a varicose seal, I think. It's, you know, it's a vein in his balls that is very protruding. No, right it's across like, it. It's yeah. um, like when do we you call get varicose veins. Eyes. Oh, yeah. look. What? I was taken aback by Richard Wilkins' hair dye job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just appeared on the TV. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that deserves glasses. Oh, Dickie.
2: Dickie's had his hair done. No one does hair dye better than Channel 9. Just for men? Now, your husband has grey hair. Yes. Has he ever thought about it? It's too late. Like After you've got grey, you can't. Go, you, you
1: can't, can't go, go back. tricking anyone. No. Yeah. My dad's tried, but my dad has oh, just no. recently dyed his hair dark. No. Uh, but he's left his beard grey,
2: which is weird. Giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Jason Ackermanis. <laughs> remember he did that? Oh, yeah. yeah. No,
1: he had the yellow hair Yell- with the yeah, brown yeah. beard. Yellow-
0: oh, yeah. Remember? Oh, red. Reddish. Auburnish. I don't remember that on a current affair the last time it was on. No. I think it was just grey. When they
1: were chasing him down. Yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to digress, but it just took no, me by that surprise. Was well with when Dickie comes on TV,
0: it's a bit shocking, isn't it? Just it, if you're not prepared if someone hasn't pre-warned you that his face is about to be on TV. It's a
1: big head, isn't it? It's mm. like a huge
0: head. <laughs> That's imagine his
2: How mother. How old is he? Imagine his poor mother.
1: Is he older than you, Mardo?
2: Yeah, oh, he's nearly seventy. Oh, he's is been he seventy? Yeah, he's going all right for seventy, isn't he? He's doing well. He must have had some. Oh no, no, no! I was going to say he must have had some shit financial advice, but he had many wives, didn't he? Yeah. Not sure. Too
1: many yeah, kids. Yeah. He's got like too many kids. Yeah, I think like seven wives, seven kids. So or that something.
2: means Dob, are we working here till he's
0: ninety-three? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> hey, um, today's code word.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you could oh, win. This is sorry. Peter Garrett, the Alter Egos. They're playing at the Tivoli March 30. Tickets from Ticketmaster. Flying at the team, are they? Yeah, they are. Nice. Great venue.
1: Should it be uh, Dickie? For, in honour of Richard Wilkins' digestion. And well, we
0: did have Funky down, but oh. we'll change that to Dickie. No, we
1: can do Funky. No, do Dickie.
0: Okay. Dicky we'll take Funky or Dickie. Um, so 0484101045. <laughs> you get it dick. exclusively here on the podcast. <laughs> you don't so want text that word. don't want a Funky dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, uh, can I want a Funky dick. And can I briefly say, mm. not that she doesn't really, she works at another radio station, but happy anniversary to my wife, Kelly, who works at
1: B105. You didn't have to mention where she worked. You could have just said happy anniversary to my wife.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah.
1: We'll Nobody knows that.
0: that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, now we're going to anyway, lose listeners. But, <laughs> now people are going to get... What time is she are on? Are you
1: sleeping with the enemy?
0: She's on from midday till three every day. So she's so she, up against
1: Josh. She's yeah, the Josh yeah, yeah. Olick of the network. So Wow.
0: Um, and uh, so 10 years. So happy anniversary to my current wife. Do
1: you air check her at home as well? A
0: little bit. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Jamie,
1: Jamie's yeah. the guy that sits us down and makes us listen back to bits from the show and when tells did, us when what did we do did do that? wrong. When did he do that? He does it all it's, the time. Is it just with me?
0: Anyway, enjoy the podcast, <laughs> Triple M Breakfast. Martyrus, thought on sport. Well, the sport
2: today is self-defence, I'm calling it. It's oh. a sport of some sort, with the youth crime crisis.
1: Like as in karate, jiu-jitsu. If that's
2: what it takes.
1: Mu-thai.
2: If that's what it takes, or you can use a weapon. Well, you know how last week we were talking about with that Bill Potts, the uh, big time lawyer, who's mm-hmm. telling us what you can do if if you're under attack from the youth crime, you know, youth criminals. Um, Channel Nine and Channel Seven both did
0: similar sort of stories. Oh, so what night. happened? I thought I was dreaming because no, I we, turned we from one it to last the other. Week. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, and then Channel Nine and Seven yeah. both did it, and I was going. Right, but there's some good pointers here I'd like to talk about.
0: If your castle is under attack, what should you do? If it's
3: available for you and your family to escape to safety, do that immediately. In some circumstances, that may not be the case.
2: All right, I hope this helps. But that bloke was a self-defence expert... A chair is one of the greatest things. Oh. Well, that's why they used to use it, you know, when lion tamers, oh, they course, always yeah, had a yeah. three-legged Keep chair. Them at a distance. Get, out, get yeah. out. And there's nothing worse than getting jabbed by a bloody... Oh, get that chair out of me. Like, if I'm trying to steal you something from your house, mm. your keys. Oh,
1: Stop hitting me with the chair. Was the vacuum extension pole no, no stage, one of the... Oh, no, that's no stage, light. Let, That's let's what
2: just, I use. Did, yeah. Is that what Robbie... Cat, like Robbie Catter got involved. I don't know how he mm. got involved. He used crimes every year, I suppose, and he suggested... He went a bit over the top. What's a
0: reasonable influence? I meant to use. Use a bazooka as far as I'm concerned. Use a bazooka. Thanks. Thanks oh, I love that. Is
1: that how he... Uh, Bunnings? That, uh, <laughs> oh, no, I he think plans he'd... on uh, culling the dingoes and the crocodiles. Think... Just get the bazooka. Bazooka's the answer to that. <laughs> everything.
2: How are the Broncos going to go this year, Robbie Catter? Use a bazooka.
1: <laughs> anyway,
2: the bloke <laughs> we had on that, Bill Potts, he actually stepped up last night. While a bazooka isn't legal,
0: criminal <laughs> lawyer Bill Potts breaks down what you can do.
4: What is reasonable in all the circumstances really comes down to that. old australianism what's a fair thing now in the middle of the night when someone's got a gun or a knife or a baseball bat you are entitled to arm yourself
2: Okay. Okay. So that's what he said to us. It's all time. about
1: equality, right? So and if they come at you with something, you have... A bazooka? Have, yeah, you then come back at them with a bazooka.
2: If they come... Yeah, a gun would be a bazooka. Well, I don't know. Well, even a spud gun. Like, you <laughs> well, imagine you hit by a spud? Hold on, oh, just hold on. <laughs> just hold on, they young thief. Damage. I've got to light this
1: up. <laughs> I'm missing a, a cladding weatherboard on the side of my house spud because up. of one of them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they do some damage.
2: If, if it can go through a weatherboard, you know what it can do to a youth criminal. Just remember okay.
1: where you're nine. Your forks and Uh, your spoons are in the middle of the night because if you go to pull open the drawer in the dark with uh, no vision and you go to pull out a knife and you pull out a spoon, that's not going to be real good, is it? If
0: if you're not like, oh, I remember mum's spoons, I don't know. Well, the wooden spoon, maybe. Really, a wooden spoon. Come here
1: and bend over, I'm going to smack you on the bottom.
2: I want to steal your car and I've got a wooden spoon. It's not going (laughs) to cut it. But honestly, they they did, uh, they suggested some beauties here and one at the end that I hadn't thought of. While every situation is different, you are allowed to have items, be it a cricket bat or frying pan, stashed around the house for protection. <laughs> well, okay, fry, yeah, cricket it's bat. That's what I normally hit the kids with, with, the frying, frying pan. pan. No, but it used to be a joke. When your <laughs> husband get home drunk from the pub, you'd hit him on the head with the frying pan. That was a joke. Yeah, like boing.
1: What a great <laughs> weapon, though. What like, about the old kettle cord that mum used to get you with around the back of the legs? Did you ever have the kettle cord, Mardo?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, mum used to use the, uh, same as you, the mm. strap or the uh, wooden mm. spoon. Um the only other one was, I saw, did you see Taylor Swift's father in trouble? Um, the, oh, paparazzi the paparazzi were getting too close. Did you see what they used? And I'm going to say the umbrella. Umbrella. I the did umbrella. see that. If I'm coming. All right, you ready? I'm coming at you. Pretend this is umbrella. I'm coming. You're coming at me. Come on, attack me. I let the umbrella up. Open. You can't do anything. Oh, God. Can't see do you. you? Doce?
1: All right, so I just suggest, you happy with that? Umbrella's pretty thinly veiled, though. He could probably just shoot you through no, it. No, 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 no.
2: <laughs> but you get the umbrella, and while you're a thing, Hi-ya! then I reach down with my other hand and I get the fry pan. Oh, and look I over here. Dong. The art
0: of distraction. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, Marno, that was the thought on sport, right? Yeah, self-defence. Oh, It'll course, be in the Olympics. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, okay, karate again. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you know karate, <laughs> employ that. Use that. Triple M Breakfast with model Margo and Dan.
2: Hey, uh, listen, of uh, course, yesterday, ScoMo hasn't been Prime Minister for... How long has Albo been the Prime Minister for? A year and, oh, and a half? Two years, something Two years. There. Right, uh, well, ScoMo's been sitting there on the back benches doing bugger all for the last two years, and finally yesterday, he stood up in Parliament, he said, that'll do me, I'm knocking it on the head, I've had enough, uh, you know... Uh, what's uh, he been doing? What's, bugger all, <laughs> as far as I can tell. He went to the Taylor Swift concert the other night. Oh, like I saw that with Jenny and the girls. It's uh, Jenny and the girls. Oh, yeah, and he said nice words and stuff. Oh, Leave this place appreciative and thankful. Oh, yeah, right there on. were yeah, yeah there were some nice moments, and as he said, I've had my wins and I've had my losses. Mm, Which ones wrong. he had more of? Well, I would have said losses. Is he Wayne Bennett? Hey, or? It was tough though. He was the pandemic prime minister. You know, don't forget that. And mm. uh, as he, I think he said, what did he say? Uh, uh, our response was timely. It was tempered, and it was oh, something, something else. Started yeah. <laughs> Anyway, kept going on. Too often in this place, we confuse differences of policy with judgments about people's intent and motives. Yeah, hey, I like that. I don't. He actually says some good things, but the problem is, of course, he was our first ever evangelical um, prime minister. You know. Hap- well, he was that first happy clapper. What's he hill song? Oh yeah. no, but one of the is he yeah.
1: is he the Tom Cruise of Scientology? Is he mm, the smile
2: of Hillsong? You can say anything now. Actually, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just just keep on saying <laughs> things. Remember when he
1: did that welding? Was that one of the highlights
0: oh. when he welded? And but he but he he had... I saw that last. I hadn't seen that
1: before. He had the helmet on. He just didn't put the flap down. But it's so hard when you got the helmet down. <laughs> He was...
2: you can't see where you're welding, so you pull it up, and then you weld, and then you blind it for the rest of your life. Remember,
1: he, he was a hairdresser for a day as well. He was washing hair yeah, in a basin.
0: He tackled that kid.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, and yeah. remember he was whip cracking out the front of Kirribilli.
0: And April Sun and was April's playing son. the guitar. Oh. He was
1: so
2: many, so much more to us than just prime more, minister. Yeah. I know, I know, and and you go, what's he gonna do next? The sun set on his political career. Scott Morrison's planning a future on the international speaking circuit. Ooh. Oh. Jesus, I'm out. If you could see him, if you go... Oh, Scott Morrison speaking. No, thank What's you.
1: What's he going to speak about?
2: I don't know. Oh. I, I, he, You know what he did? It was really weird. Did you see it? He started, no. he sprinkled because his daughters were there and his wife Jenny and, you know, he paid tribute to them. But he started sprinkling in Taylor's song um, oh, wow. titles references. into his speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I didn't get realise what mate. it was until they said he was sprinkling Taylor Swift's song titles. I just thought, Everybody's doing
1: man? it. The New South Wales Police Commissioner it's did it in right. her speech I'm about... Really Really? The two people that were killed. She's like, "Oh, hater's gonna hate." Mm, Taylor's
2: words. No, 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 no.
1: In Taylor's words.
2: Um, in Taylor's words. Yeah, I don't know what Taylor's words are, so you're wasting <laughs> that your time. Hater's gonna hate. <laughs> One of his highlight. He's his highlight, as far as I'm concerned. How good's Queensland? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We all voted for yeah. him. You forget that. <laughs> We're the reason he got in. We're idiots. And then here's the low point. Well, I don't hold a hose, mate, and I, I don't. in the control room. Mm, end of 2019. Oh, when was that? 20, whenever, yeah, it, hold, about whenever it was. Yeah. Well, whenever it was, when Australia was burning, he doesn't hold a hose.
1: Jenny holds, uh, makes a, ma- uh, a pretty decent margarita, Apparently. I hear. If she had a tray of margaritas, I'd vote for Jenny. Is that dangerous, eh? Hey?
2: Happy clappers on the piss. Like, you <laughs> <who> know. <laughs> anyway, let's leave him with one thing, because in my eyes, he did lots of things. And, you know, this was... Is the one thing that I'll take away from him because if you go into public office, this is what your mo- motto should be. It has never been about what you accumulate that matters, but what you contribute. Ta-da.
1: Triple M Breakfast. Hey, guys, um, the CEO of Kellogg's has come under a bit of backlash, uh, Gary Pillink, um, off the back of this comment suggesting that, hey, if you can't afford dinner at the moment because, you know, times are tough and there's a cost-of-living crisis, you know what you should do? You should do this.
0: The cereal category has always been quite affordable, and so we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. Fruit loops Mm. for dinner. Fruit
1: loops for dinner. Good. Just have a big sugar hit before you go to sleep. That's a great idea.
2: Do they make cocoa pops? They make cocoa pops. Stop thinking like a mother. Think like a human. Bloody (laughs) bloody nice,
0: actually. (laughs) uh, You think about about cocoa pops.
2: (laughs) With some milk. Oh, gosh, I we, need some now. We, coming around. We yeah. do
1: Nutri-Grain and Wheat-Bix in our house. That's about, oh, boy! <laughs> that's about the extent of the cereal. Um, how about eggs? Eggs are really cheap as well. Why don't you have some scrambled eggs for dinner? That could be a better that's option. A Maybe idea. Gary. great idea. Maybe Gary. We do that on Sundays. How rich, coming from the rich CEO of mm. Kellogg suggesting poor people eat cereal for dinner. Is he American? He's American. Yeah, They're I probably already it. eating cereal for dinner over yeah, there true. anyway. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but we, they gave him an opportunity to go back on statement. Do you stand
0: by your remarks? The idea of having cereal for dinner, um, is there the potential for that to land the wrong way? When we look at all of our data, of course we would know that breakfast cereal is the number one choice for in-home consumption. We understand that for breakfast. It turns out that over 25% of our consumption is outside the breakfast occasion. A lot of it's at dinner, and that that occasion continues to grow. Really? (laughs) You can't (laughs) argue with that.
3: A
1: quarter of all their consumption of Kellogg's is at dinner. Corporate gaslighting has been one of the suggestions uh, of uh, Gary's comments. Uh, Give the peasants cereal for dinner, another one. You're
0: either broke or lazy. Yeah, one of the yeah. two. Uh, but I remember lazy.
1: I remember when I was a poor uni student living out of home, you know, studying, working in a bar to make ends meet, yeah. um, I used to do the old pasta and pesto sauce trick. So, a thing of pasta was only two bucks and I could get at least, you know, four nights. A pack nights, of spaghetti, you made. Just a pack of sp- uh, spaghetti. Yeah. I could get four nights worth of that and I'd just have to boil that, and then buy one of those little glass jars of pesto, and I'd use maybe half a teaspoon of that, mix it through. (laughs) It was so pov, so pov, but to me, it was a half decent meal, but it only cost me like maybe 50 cents per Um, per meal.
2: I used to eat from fish fingers, do they still exist? Yeah, they fingers? still yeah, exist. Yeah, 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 they yeah, put yeah. them in the toaster sideways. Put the toaster on the sideways and put them in. Genius. Yeah, <laughs> genius. Just two blokes living together. We were, tomato we sauce there, on tomato toast. Tomato sauce. That's <laughs> not
0: bad. That's good. That's <laughs> got oh, oh, that tomato flavour. Tomato
2: sauce on toast. You've got to have a bit tomato of sauce
0: on your fish fingers. No, no, no. Just on the toast when you can't afford the tomatoes or the cheese. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Time's
1: One two three five three. Hold poor on. people dinners. Pog? Can you You're
0: going pov dinner?
2: Can you just dinners. say later, uh, late John, for a second. Okay, he, he's over here. Can you, John you know, and tambourine. You yeah. John, what you have for dinner last night, mate? Uh, not last night, the night before. Bowl of fruit loops. Fruit loops. Oh. How was it? Very good. Yes, I'd see? been sort of crook for about the last week, and I hadn't eaten a lot. I was yeah. just looking in the pantry, and I thought...
1: Fruit loops, that'll do I mean, look, Leaves the thing on. is, in our house, the Thanks, kids will Bart. have at least a dinner first, you know, with some veggies or some protein or something, and then yeah. if they're still hungry, then they'll go and have a bowl of fruit loops. But I can't suggest that uh, just a bowl of fruit loops is a nutritional sometimes, option for dinner.
0: Sometimes. sometimes food. All right, one triple three five three. So this might go back to uni or yeah. just when you that, pov pov that, dinners.
1: Well, you know, like some people might be experiencing it yep. now. Yeah, you're right. You know, yep. costs yep. of living is high. Groceries mm. are ridiculous. Uh, what do you? <laughs> What are you doing for dinner options that aren't traditional okay. ones, like meat and veg?
0: The producers have said we need to put a nutritional warning on the calls we're about to take, just, okay. just so you're aware. Says
2: who? Like Lou from Banya, who's uh, texted in, Bailey's on Cocoa Pops, breakfast of champions. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
1: that's Brad and Winner, what is it for you? Good morning, guys. Yeah, no, it's
3: a me goreng noodle
1: sandwich. A me goreng noodle sandwich. Do you cook yeah. the noodles first or no. do you eat them dry?
3: No, of course. You cook the noodles first, oh. put all the absolutely yummy sauce through it and chuck it on a sandwich with lots of butter and have a Fresh bread uh, or now, toasted, Brad?
2: You're, you're a truckie. How do you pull this off on the road?
3: Um, you can those. You can stop at truck stops, use the kettle, stuff like
2: that. Or, um, you know, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you can use the engine heat to boil up some water. That's
0: right. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
1: better than a bit of radi- radiator juice. <laughs> you can do it at home and put it in a thermos, <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Exactly.
0: Thanks, Brad.
1: <laughs> uh, Michael and Kamira, one triple three five three. Uh, poor dinner options. What was yours?
3: Morning, legends. Uh, two minute noodles and baked beans.
1: Together?
3: Uh, half cooked. Together. you got your protein, you've got your carbs. <laughs> a bit of fibre, bit of and a hell of a lot of sodium. so a hell of a lot of sodium. Where's
2: the protein in that again? Uh,
1: beans.
0: Beans have got a minimal amount of protein. Oh, do so. they? Oh, no. Sounds yeah. like we're talking to an expert here, Mark. Yeah. Oh, Michael, yeah. Michael, our and nutritionist, also, thank yeah. you.
1: Nutritional value, Michael? Uh, amazing and uh, cheap. <laughs> cheap. Cheap and Very and
3: cheap. I was a bachelor for a long time. I was an absolute go-to. So. Cereal
1: for dinner uh, has been suggested by the Kellogg CEO. Do you agree with him? Is cereal an option?
3: I have, may have had a bit of cereal in the past, but uh, my go-to for a crazy cereal at Christmas time, I get eggnog or custard and put it on my Cocoa Pops.
2: Oh, my God,
3: you're blowing my mind. Have- just to get a little uh, sugar kick to get through
2: the day. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. <laughs> You're saying <laughs> custard? Which one's the sugar kick? The custard or the cocoa pops? Both together. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. You both. put a bit of eggnog in there just to uh, keep, change your consistency a bit. So uh, wow, mm, just
0: makes it a bit wet. I feel we Master need to do Chef. an event and try all these all at some these. stage. Master Chef yeah. John in
1: Taringa. <laughs> Good morning.
0: Good morning.
1: What? Uh, um, what was the dinner option for you?
3: Tomato, you might remember Spud uh, from uh, our school days. His old man, Roy, <laughs> tried to feed us. Yes, I tried do. Tried to feed us. Yes, tried to feed us peaches and tomato soup from the same pot.
2: <laughs> was he a cook at a footy camp we went to one stage? Oh, mate,
3: he, he did everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry.
1: So peaches and gr- in tomato soup, John?
3: Peaches in tomato soup. Yeah, had
1: a garden like mm. Oh, well, fruit and veggies, your daily yeah, dose you of get fruit big, and veggies done in big one. Big. So
3: mm. All of a sudden, cereal's
2: looking mm. good. I think mean, we've ticked yeah. all the boxes. I mean, and do we control. have to
1: say here, I don't recommend drying this at nah. home? No, no one's
2: going to die. Mm. They're just not going to feel it's real. real gonna no, no, it's going to be very gross. unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: good luck with that. It's
5: Marto and Margo and Dan on Triple M. Triple M Breakfast
0: with Marto, Margo and Dan. Here he is. Live from... L.A.,
2: Adam Reynolds, hello and welcome to 2024 on Triple M. How's it going?
5: In L.A.? Yes, in L.A. It's been a a great start to the trip over here. It's been pretty friendly, everyone over here, so uh, it's been good. You've been
1: men about town, having a a great time from what we've seen over here in the media. i have been to the L.A. Lakers game, you've been training down at the L.A. Rams. What's been going on, Renault?
5: Yeah, we've been at sort of the start of the week when we first got here. It's sort of like uh, being tourists or, uh, you know, we can get into um, the basketball game. A few of us got courtside. I uh, got to meet Magic Johnson. Uh, we got up the Bel Air and done a few things. Boys are in and around the city doing a bit of shopping, so it's been good. It's been good to get away and uh, experience something different.
2: On personal level, congrats on um, the extension of the contract. And, of course, everyone, you need to get the Courier Mail today because there's an Adam Reynolds. Poster. It's almost life-size poster, which we have on the wall of the studio here. Mate, um, happy to get that <laughs> it bit. It looks
1: like a teenage boy's bedroom in here. <laughs> We've got does. Payne Haas, Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds hanging and, yeah, up on the walls.
2: Pat Carrigan's <laughs> tomorrow and then Reese Walsh's Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah, Reno. so there's actually excitement here about this season starting. Um, personally, on a personal personal level everything you must be happy the way things are going
5: yeah extremely happy it's been uh good preparations over here obviously we're training at the la rams facility which is an amazing facility and uh, i've had a few nfl players pop in and say hello and um but you know since probably yesterday monday here uh sort of switched our attention to the game at the end of the week obviously there is two points on the line and uh, we want to make the most of the opportunity.
2: Can I ask a quick technical question? Um, five metres narrower the field, <coughs> between five and six metres shorter, you're the uh, man who controls the Broncos, gets them around. What adjustments are you going to have to make to your kicking game for that?
5: Yeah, the kicking game won't matter too much different. Um, I've done a fair bit of practice on the field that we've we've um, made to correct size over here. But oh, okay. I think it's more the attack side of things. Um, it feels relatively short when you're trying to attack and go around teams. But um, for us, we've, we've had a good preparation and the way we want to play the game. And I think it's about, you know, complete and high, not giving away too many penalties or silly errors. And uh, if we do that, we give ourselves the best chance to win.
2: Right. the fact that you picked Dean Mariner on the wing instead of Corey Oates, is that also because of the field size?
5: Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, Kevy sort of decided to go that way. And, um, you know, we've got full trust in Kevin He knows what he's doing. He's obviously a great coach and... Disappointing for Oates, he's trained extremely well through the preseason and no doubt he'll feature throughout the year and he's still a big part of this club.
1: I think we have to address the elephant in the room, Adam. How is Reese Walsh faring after being pipped by Herbie Farmworth in the NRL hottest uh good looking players?
5: True.
1: Has anyone he's done a welfare set, check shattered. on him?
5: He's shattered. He's, he's dead, shattered. dead <laughs> set, shattered, yes. I've seen him I haven't seen him the whole week. He's been in getting his eyelashes done and mm. uh, you know, getting his fingernails painted and everything over here, so uh, he's trying to get the rankings up over here in the states, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll feature heavily on TV over here.
2: The other elephant in the room, Alan Langer. How's he going? Whenever he leaves Australia, uh, yes, always
1: a concern. <laughs> Six more songs, There's Adam. A lot has of there birthdays. been any re- <laughs> requests? Yeah, no comment.
5: No comment allowed. Nice okay. <laughs> oh, trouble. Okay. Has he gone, no, has he's, he he's already gone to Vegas,
2: Vegas Alfie, or is he with you there?
5: No, he's still getting around with us. Right. Um, when are you going? In good Where yeah. like When I you know.
2: are you blokes going up to Vegas?
5: Uh, we leave Thursday morning, so Friday your time. Oh,
2: no, still chance. Now, listen, anything else that uh, has blown you away? Have they told you about the goalposts? Not, are they going to be NFL-style goalposts just with one upright?
5: What's the story? I'm not too this? sure, but at our, at our training facility, one's about three metres wide, so I've been trying to... kids like, <laughs> one. <Hit it. practice laughs> ...goal kicking on that, and I hit them pretty sweet the other day, so hopefully uh, it's good practice
1: for the game. Outside of the fact that it's a it's a pretty cool operation that the NRL have set up there over in Vegas for, you know, the four teams, how are the Americans receiving it? You know, they're like, what on the earth are you guys talking about? They've got no idea what's going on. I mean, obviously NBL and um, the NBA, sorry, and NFL are huge over there. How are they receiving Rugby League?
5: Yeah, there's a few fans that are pretty curious to obviously know what's going on. It's not um, as publicized here in LA, but I'm sure once we get to Vegas, it's going to be pretty much blasted everywhere. So looking forward to touching down in Vegas and um, seeing the reception there. We've got a fan day, so... Looking forward to seeing everyone get out
2: there. I think a lot of the fans are leaving tomorrow morning, Thursday, from Brisbane. So it's going to be huge. If anyone doesn't know, the Broncos are on at 3.30 our time Sunday afternoon. Is that on 9? So that'll be on 9 and right. Fox and everything else, yeah. For I've sure. got to
1: put my tips in, Renault, uh,
5: Manly or Rabbitohs? Uh, I think my old team will get the, the chocolates there. The Rabbits up? From all reports, they've been training well. So And, of course, um, Broncos yeah, over the Roosters, good. right? Yes, Bronco's over the business, uh, of course. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think we're right on
6: that
0: one. Uh, congratulations on the contract extension. Also an extension here at Triple M for uh, Season 2024 with oh, yes. uh, Triple M Breakfast and cool. the Rush Hour as well. Um, thanks to our good friends at Weatherguard. Tradies, um tool theft is on the rise. Actually, protect your gear with confidence. Use Weatherguard Ute boxes, weatherguard.au. Thanks, Adam. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. Good luck. Cheers, good luck. Marto, Margo and Dan on Triple M Breakfast. They're Brisbane as... Hey
1: Marto, last week you brought to our attention Stop Go traffic controllers were earning Mm. potentially up to $120,000 a year and you said, oh they're a blight on society.
2: They've added so much money to every job that you have to do. And
1: then we had Kerry ring up and say, oh how dare you Marto, I'm not a blight on society. I work really Uh. hard. Thank you very much and we Mm. don't earn anywhere near $120,000. That's just speculation or if you work on a mining site or if you work shift work late nights or if you pull weekends as well and you working too many hours a week, she said. Well, I saw this yesterday and I thought it was interesting. I thought it'd bring to the attention of, of yourself and our listeners because uh, they went, they did like a bit of a, um, what is it, around the grounds type situation down in the Queen Street Mall and said, hey, what do, what do you do? Thank you. What do you do? Oh, I'm a carpenter. What do you earn? And they, they went well, across. Pressed... What was a carpenter doing at the Queen Street Mall? He might have been on his lunch break. They might <laughs> be o. working on one of those big Queen <laughs> yeah. Street, you know, what is it, Queen's Wharf here yeah. in the city, the Cross River Rail. There's so much happening and what here you in mean, what Brisbane, infrastructure wise. Uh, well. Uh, they 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 went through uh, a few different of the uh, the trades and found out what they w- were. So I thought we'd hear it from the horses mouth. Yep. What are tradies actually earning?
5: I'm a plumber, about forty to forty five bucks an hour. I'm a concrete pumper and I make about thirteen hundred a week. I'm a scaffolder and I make one point five k a week.
2: I'm an auto electrician and a diesel fitter. I make about one hundred and twenty a year. I'm a diesel fitter by trade. $120, 130 an
3: hour. I'm a scaffolder and I make about three grand a week
2: after tax. I am a coal miner and I make about one hundred and sixty thousand a year.
1: Scaffolding. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Was yeah. that the two
2: scaffolders? Yeah, that was madness. Scaffolding, mind. Well,
1: one earns one point five hundred dollars a week. <laughs> I don't know what that is, <laughs> uh, but scaffolding three grand a week. Jesus, is that where it's but at? Is that
2: every week? Can we open this up maybe tomorrow? Can everyone remember this and bring it back? That's 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 incredible. I know we got Adam Reynolds coming up.
1: Well, we've got a skill shortage here <sighs> in Australia, and wow. we're trying to encourage young men and women to go into trades. Oh. Peel the curtains back. Give us an indication of what's going on in your trade. Scaffolding's not even a trade. Where's that's the just money
2: a, at? Start doing it, and you start getting part. You'll well, it, get trained on the job. Is it because it's high risk? You Was know? there a diesel fitter?
0: Got yeah, some of them. Money. Two of them at 120, oh, 120 Now,
2: listen, if you're having trouble at school and thinking about doing a trade, get into diesel. Diesel fitting. There's not enough of them. There's no diesel fitters around, and you can then become mechanic. Everything else.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, that's amazing. Peel back the curtains. Text us on the burner phone. 0484-10-1045. Hey, Let us know what trade you're in, how much you're earning, and we might have a look at it uh, again tomorrow yeah, morning.
0: That's Get right, it up. Where Get do you up want to encourage
1: blocks? to see kids seeing doing trades?
0: Marto, Margot, and Dan on Triple M breakfast, as.
2: Oh, once again we talk cost of living crisis, and I tell you where it does extend, and it's big time. Is at the supermarket. Oh. I know the uh, federal parliament. Oh, we're doing an investigation to see uh, the the supermarkets, which I'm talking Colesworth mainly, are uh, gouging. The farmers are the ones who are getting done over. The blokes that actually, blokes and girls that actually do the work, that put the investment in, they're the ones who are getting done over by the supermarkets. And finally, we found a farmer who's prepared to take us behind the curtain and actually tell us what's going on because I keep hearing stories. Farmers won't talk because if they talk, Colesworth, Coles and Woolworths, will take away their contracts. So it's virtually a veil of secrecy. Finally, we've got Sean here from Daintree Fresh up north. He's a melon farmer to have a yarn. G'day, Sean. Good morning. Sean, can I just tell you quickly, I've got a proposal. We should put the price that they pay you on every sticker at the supermarket. The government should force them to put the price that mm. they pay you and the price that they're charging us and we'll do our own maths and go, you're a bunch of assholes. What do you think of that one?
4: <laughs> that's, a, that's a damn good point. I've asked industry for quite some time at some of our so-called representative bodies and I want to have the wholesale price put out in the public weekly so people can see that. I mean, everyone knows what they're paying in the markets and you can see where the retail is and sometimes it's four times the sell the, the buy price you know there's plenty of occasions like earlier in the year we we're doing rock melons and and uh they were selling for seven to twelve dollars a case so there's say eight rock melons in a case yeah you do the math and they were retailing for 490 to 520
2: so they're making four dollars per melon
4: yeah well, the big problem is of course that the, we've spent the, the the millions of dollars to to get the crop ready and hand plant it and and gone out and weeded it, sprayed it, grown it, then picked it, put it in boxes, packed it and shipped it away and then they have it for two days and make four times what we make.
2: I've been told if you, one of you guys speaks out, you lose your contract. Is that, is that true?
4: Look, I, I don't think they dare do that now. I think I think what happens is over over time, the orders would fall away and things would change and, you know, the, the, no, there's nothing nothing could be that obvious in this day and age. They're under the microscope yeah, now. Yeah, So, Sean, what would you like to see happen, mate? The farmers need to get together and be stronger. We need to actually stand together instead of being divided and conquered by supermarkets. And agents and I think that's a really important part of fixing the problem. I, I don't know that government control of anything or prices is ever a good thing. No. Every time i see government... So you're talking numbers, a, co-op of some, a, a co-op of some sort, Sean? Like a union almost. Yeah, that and I think and it's it's been done in other parts of the world yeah. and farmers just have to not sell under under cost. And the other thing I think you're exactly right and I've been calling for is for costs to be, for what they're paying the product to be published. The really scary part of this, and why I open my trap, has nothing to do with supermarket bashing or building uh, business bashing. It has to do with the fact that I'm truly concerned that the industry's in a critical, at a critical point. So will it will it get to in
2: terms of that? Will it get to Colesworth? They'll start buying your farm when you retire. They'll buy your farm and they'll put some middle manager on it. Is that where it'll get to? Look,
4: I think it's really difficult to corporate farm in Australia. The farms are too... It's, it's a it's a really difficult thing to do. That'll be a failure. What we'll get to is we'll get yeah. to a, a, a real cost, a real risk of food security. But, you know, we talked some years ago about having apprenticeships. There's no-one following through farm, and it takes a great deal of expertise. Yeah. And, and here they are in discussion right now about whether they should or shouldn't be interns and accountants. Well, we should be getting interns for farming. Otherwise, we're going to run out of steam. Most farmers are over 50.
2: Well, you see that thing yesterday. Oh, the government wants 70% of kids to go to uni or whatever the target they were setting. What's the use of that? That's Most all... of them are doing friggin' nothing. Way too many. Food security, too that's many. more
4: important than border security. What? They don't seem to take notice of it. They're also charging us huge taxes on fuel. We're getting a whole lot of extra IR laws. I'm paying now. 38 bucks an hour for labour and then I've got superannuation on Whoa. top of it. So, I mean, you know, how do you go send a crew out, eight people up to go weeding in a paddock to get the weeds out so you can grow your crop? Cost thousands of dollars an hour.
2: Oh, well, I haven't got the answers, but thank you for trying to provide some of them for us. I, I don't know what the answer is, but hopefully your voice being heard might help something.
4: Well, I, I hope also that people understand that even if vegetable prices go up on behalf of the farmer to keep them alive, that it's a better thing that it happens now you lose more farmers and you have huge spikes in prices it'll cost a lot more because food will be short
1: support your local grocers yeah. good on you sean Small
5: independence sean jackson from daintree fresh there hey, lines are always open one triple three five three or oh four eight four ten one oh four five we love to hear your feedback at all times text us or call us triple m breakfast don't you know Marto Margo and dan on the
0: radio triple m breakfast with Marto Margot and dan
1: emma joins us this morning hey emma how are you
6: Oh, good thing. How it's, are you?
1: Good, Emma, it says here you're from the bush <laughs> as your suburb. The bush. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Emma from the bush, uh, what industry are you in and uh, what can you tell us?
6: Okay, we're primary producers. Um, so we're northwest of Brisbane and um, what we get paid a kilo for prime beef is about two dollars thirty. <gasps> and that that and I mean um, really good Good quality, high-quality stuff. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know how a supermarket can be charging you 20 to $30 or more a kilo. So they're paying you...
1: Can- Sorry, they're paying you $2.30 per, per kilo for beef and then they then but on got to, charge us pay the
2: transport fees 20, and... 20
1: something dollars per kilo. Why don't why do you stand for that? Why do you uh, only allow them to pay you $2.30 per kilo? Okay, you've got that round the wrong way. So they offer us
6: the price and it's take it or leave
1: it. Ah. So if not them, then what? You would have to export your meat, Emma? Well, if you export,
6: you get less. Oh, um, God. And so, what about independent butchers? So, we got cruel with the Julia Gillard situation with Asia. Um, so, cattle producers across Australia um, have done it really, really tough ever since. And probably one of the things that the media talks about, which doesn't get to the public, is that we're the lowest carbon producers in the world. Yeah. Um, we also are very green in terms of we look after our land, otherwise we can't feed the cattle. Yep. Um, water is the precious resource and that's what people in the cities don't realise is that in our industry, if we don't do the right thing, we don't get paid and that's why so many farmers can't afford to be on the farm. Most of the farmers have to have other work as well.
2: Did you hear Sean, our melon producer, going? There's no at the next generation don't Nobody want to farm, or they're being told by their parents you don't want to be a farmer; it's not worth it. Did you do you uh, echo those comments?
6: Yes, because even um, you, you try and get your kids well educated, yep. and you try and show them that there could be something worthwhile for them on the land, but that's not a guarantee because if the government goes ahead and does anything with live export again, or if the supermarkets say, so we sell our meat to, um, you know, a a large company of which there's several in Brisbane. Yep. Um, and then if they set the prices at what they say the market will take, we, we will get say $2.30 a kilo approximately, right? Yeah. That's, then we don't know how or where that then escalates up another thirty dollars or twenty dollars on top of that to what you go into the supermarket to buy.
1: Jesus, it's not just meat either. Obviously, dairy farmers—you, uh, oh your next door dairy farmer—they get twenty-seven cents per liter of milk, and the shop sells them for a minimum of four dollars. Buy a
6: three-liter bottle of milk for. Um, for You know, four dollars or five dollars, whatever it is, you pay. Pay well. They that that they probably get you know ninety five cents for that three liters.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Hammer.
1: Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I we're going
2: to feed ourselves in the future. That's, that's what's going to happen.
1: I'm not sure if this is applicable or, or um, you know warranted, but Scott from Mount Warren Park got in touch with us he's uh, on the burner phone. He said, I'm a tradie. The other side of the coin is doing the maths on Woolies, they're operating mm. off a 3% profit margin. Mm. Now, if you're a tradie, you wouldn't be able to su- survive off a 3% profit
2: yeah, margin. Yeah, I can see where Scott's going. But the, the simple fact is there's a difference between supplying a good and suppli- supplying a, a service, service and a good. So, yeah, we understand... If you're a sole trader, you're supposed to be making twenty percent profit margin. Good. Imagine if Woolies were doing that. Marto, Margot, and Dan on Triple M
0: breakfast. They're Brisbane as.
2: Hey, listen! Like the case yesterday did, uh, the headline reads "Stood Down Public Servants Score Landmark Court Victory." Mm. Um, now this goes back to the vaccine mandates when they said frontline workers can't work and we'll, you're all sacked if you don't get the needle. Yeah. And finally,
1: there's a uh, they got the justice in court. This is a huge win for public servants, Marto, in the QPS and Q. A.S. initially. What's the Q.A.S.? Queensland Ambulance Ambulance Service and uh, the Queensland Police Service where um, uh, employers uh, of those two forces were stood down or sacked after refusing to comply to the vaccine COVID-19 vaccine mandates Uh, and this applies to not just Queensland Police and Queensland Ambulance but uh, health, education, corrections, airport workers. Uh, This now sets a precedent for uh, it opens the door basically for all of those public servants who were stood down or sacked during that period of time mm. to come forth and seek compensation because many of them haven't been able to find employment since or they've been tied up in trying to fight it.
2: Just remind everyone, so when, 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 the, when it was going on in the pandemic and they all went, no, I'm not getting vaccinated because a lot of them had underlying, was it underlying health? Potentially,
1: they... or just choice. Freedom of choice didn't was want taken it. away and from didn't them. Want
2: and these poor people got sacked.
1: Yeah, and so in a 115 page ruling Justice Martin ruled that the outgoing police commissioner's vaccine mandate was unlawful because she failed to give proper consideration to the human rights of, of officers. A gross breach um, of human rights. He was very critical of Katerina Carroll, our, our former police commissioner, uh, during this period of time uh, and how it was handled What about the
2: Governor, she was the she was the health person and Palaszczuk the Premier. Um, critical of them for saying, hold on, you can't just... Squ- well, they just squish people's... Uh,
1: well, this will lead into rights. that. So uh, the, the 74 police officers and QAS officers, ambulance services officers, uh, who have been fighting this for about two and a half years now set the precedent and open up the floodgates for anybody else who was, um, you know, propositioned with the fact that you will lose your job if you are unvaccinated.
2: Can we be very clear, Uh, normally what happens when you're the victim of a government decision going against you like this? you haven't got enough money to fight them. You just go, oh, well I give up. And that's what the government always hopes you'll do. Whether it's a fine that you're being forced to pay, people just give up because you're told to give up Too because hard. your pockets will never be deep enough to beat the government.
1: And the amount of people that gave in uh, to the to the rules you know, and the mandates. And I did. they did.
2: said, oh, okay, I need my job. But these people stood up and this, this is a, they say a landmark decision because they finally had a rich old grandfather in Clive Palmer, that's who paid for this. He did... He said, I'll make this happen for as long as you want to make this case go, I'll keep funding it. This is what I know we take the piss out of Clive Palmer quite often and he can and it's quite easy to do. Mm. But in this case, he actually was in this for the long haul. And he said, However long it takes, I'm gonna keep fighting. Here's, here's
4: I've got to pay tribute today, the extreme courage shown by Queensland police officers and ambulance workers who stood up against the government.
2: Right, that's what I love. I love because let's face it, there's so many things wrong with government these days and finally this was a case where people stood up. There should be so many examples of this.
1: Well, he's also announced that um, he would look at backing a class action against the state government and well, seek, to, seek to recoup the $3 million in legal costs he contributed to the case.
3: I can foresee there'll be a class action against the government for those people.
2: Yeah, right. Mm. right. So Absolutely. are we ready? Are we ready? So if you've got... I know this for a fact. I, I know two cases. You told me one where there was a girl down the coast who got killed, la-la, and he funded... He does things that people don't see. If you present a business case to Clive Palmer, I don't know how you track him down, but I'm sure it's possible. You present a business case and go, I want to do this. Um, I've been hard done by. He is incredibly generous. generous very generous. Incredibly generous. Can I leave you with these words from him yesterday? Um, this is in relation to this case. But if you reckon the government's steamrolling it, this might be the only way. If you go like we do, or I do, go both sides of, par- of government, both two-party systems are, are wrought, um, he offers the only alternative. I know he stuffed it up so many times with the United Australia Party, but that's okay. He probably picks the wrong candidates. But he will support you if you have an issue with the government. He'll back you.
4: I'm happy to fund more cases.
2: I'm happy to fund more oh. cases. He has bottomless pockets.
1: Just an answer to your question. If you're looking yes. for Clive Palmer, you'll probably find him around Sanctuary Cove or maybe a, Sovereign large, Island. If
2: you see a large <laughs> boat go yeah, past. He owns about
1: 11 houses in yeah, no, Sovereign Island. Right. So just drive around there looking for Clive. Bottle. Mago and
4: Dan on triple A
2: I love it when a uh, different brain looks at uh, a problem and comes up with a different solution. There's a guy in the paper today, a guy called Steve Wilson. He and his wife, she jumped in as well. But Steve Wilson was the bloke who uh, has made South Bank what it is today. He was head of the South Bank, um, South Bank, what do you call that?
1: Chamber of Commerce no, no,
2: their committee, What the committee for Brisbane as well. He was on, on that. Steve Wilson, his name was. He was my first ever boss as an adult. Oh. he's a big time stockbroker, but he's got a guy with an enormous brain and a vision for Brisbane. Um, He has changed. He has said, let's change the thinking. Now we've got um, former Lord Mayor Graham Quirk reviewing all the stadiums that were going to be involved in the 2032 Games. He's now gone, listen, let's use this to rethink the whole thing. I'll throw his ideas because what they've come at, they've gone in 1956, Melbourne had the Olympics. They had less people than Brisbane had now back in 1956 and they made a decision. Let's build this thing, the MCG, make that the centrepiece right next to the city. In in the late 90s, before the 2000 Olympics, Sydney had the same decision to make. They made a wrong decision. They decided to send a stupid stadium 45 kilometres from the the CBD and we're still paying for it. Mm. It's an absolute mongrel of an idea. So he's saying, let's get it right because in 1982, we made two really bad decisions and we made one good decision. In 1982, we had the Commonwealth Games here in Brisbane. Bad decision and I I helped build the grandstand out at um, Nathan, the QE2 stadium. I mean, Bad decision. Way, yeah. It's an absolute dog. The other dog is the Swamp at Boondall. Built that for the 1982. Just a dog of a joint. The good decision was do up South Bank. It's now one of the centrepieces of Brisbane. So he's gone, let's knock down the Gabba. Right, and we're going, oh, woo, 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 hold on. we well, been going there. To knock down the Gabba and build the 20,000 piece Hurston Stadium for the swimming and for all the internal events. Build it there, okay? It was going to be built at Roma Street. It was going to cost billions. So, like an entertainment centre. In- and that's where, in Madison Square Garden, is oh, what okay. he, yeah, he yeah. said. Something for twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 people, put it there. He's now going Vic Park, which is just an enormous waste. There's no golf course there anymore in Victoria Park, if you don't know. I ride through there nearly every day of my life. Um, it is just hills and it's vacant, ready to go. He's saying build the big oval stadium there, which will mean later on that'll be for the Lions and the um, Lions and the cricket. That's where the new next the to new the, oval train stadium. Oh, next the train line. Oh, next to train line, near the Cross River Rail there, yep. Roma Street, etc. Yep. And he said the other thing, and then do up um, Suncorp Stadium another ten, twelve thousand, and that's where you have the have the um, have the rectangular sports. And, and he's also saying like Fran- like uh, Paris this year. Use the river for the opening ceremony, so four hundred thousand people can see it, and not just fifty or eighty thousand people. Brilliant ideas, all of them. We might expand on them as time goes on. That's all the time we got today to talk about them. But he's also saying this will cost in total one billion less than what they are proposing. Think about that, everybody. So it's a breaking story. Hopefully, this very intelligent man gets a little bit of uh, gets a little bit of seepage to people who are listening.
6: Triple M Breakfast.
2: You see that list in the paper today about the uh, people who are going to Las Vegas for the uh, big NRL weekend. Necessary
1: Lock- or unnecessary? Some of them were necessary. <laughs>
2: Lachlan Murdoch necessary, but it goes all the way down. I see Paul Gallen just arrived. All the Channel Nine, all former footy players, and all the Fox Sports uh, legends are there, and they're in the middle was Colin Funky Miller, one of our great off-spin, well, I'll call him all-rounder, from the uh, from the 90s in Australian cricket. And then I, I do a bit of digging. He's been over there. Well, he's on the line. Colin Miller. Good morning, mate. Funky Colin Miller.
3: Morning, guys. How you doing?
2: What are you doing? You've, they tell me you've been over in Vegas for 20 years and you're kind of a big wig over there. What's going on?
3: <laughs> no, no, It's been almost 16 years. Um, I work for a living these days. I work, I work for MGM in, in the casino business, looking after facilities, and I've been doing that now for, with MGM for a couple of years, but 15 years I've been doing that over here.
1: I know that um, Vegas generally has a bit of a buzz in itself, you know, being Vegas, obviously, Sin yep. City, all the bright lights, Kylie Minogue doing a residency. Super Bowl. Super yep. Bowl, uh, you know, obviously now the NRL. There's been a lot going on. Um, how is Vegas feeling this city
3: is just getting busier and busier. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and people just keep coming here and they've got more money than me, obviously, because they're all gambling as well. Hey, um,
1: have you got any advice? You've been living in Vegas for a really long time. Our Brisbane Broncos boys currently in LA but set to land there in the next couple of days ahead of the big game on Sunday. Any advice for them? Because, you know, a lot of people find themselves in trouble in Vegas.
3: Yes, they do, unfortunately. And it's one of the very humorous things we find in Vegas is People just come down and say, I got robbed by my visitor last night. I always tell people when they get here, they, you don't get better looking after midnight <laughs> when you're at a bar sitting on your own.
2: We had a news report come it's back not in... It's always col you might be able to speak for this your uh, head of police in Las Vegas Kendall somewhere other Kendall Bell I think his name was. Yeah. He addressed all the 4 NRL teams and the officials etc and he actually said if you can't get home don't be embarrassed ring me. Is that the sort of <laughs> he said ring me and I'll send someone to pick it. Did you see this the other day? <laughs> I'll send someone around to pick it up, pick you up. Is that the sort I of service it, yeah. they're running?
3: What what's the story there? I think they want this to be successful, and they don't want to have stories coming out like on Monday or Tuesday that some guy got robbed or some guy got rolled in a casino after the game or some guy did this in a nightclub. And you know, There's 50-odd million people come to this town every year to see one street. Um, so that attracts a lot of uh, shady characters as well. And you know, the, the, the security people here are really, really team to look after all these sports that are coming to town. Professional sport brings a lot of money to this city, and they want to make sure it's a success moving forward.
1: Well, if somebody can get that message to Alfie Langer, uh, uh, maybe the direct yeah. hotline uh, through to Kendall, <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be awesome. Six
3: more songs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw a little thing on, on uh, the internet the other day with the NRL footy show boys
3: over here yeah. riding some of the roller coasters, and they. They didn't go too well. They looked a bit scared, a couple of those boys, big boys. Oh, Gordy, nah. Yeah,
2: Gordy they, didn't do so well, I don't They look after them. They reckon there's 18,000 Brisbane people heading over in the next Good couple Lord. of days. So if you see any people in Broncos gears, can you look after them for us, please?
3: Well, if anyone sees me, they can buy me a beer as well. From oh, <laughs> right. well, what colour well, hair I, have I've you got never, these I've days? I've never beer with an Australian um, Just slightly tinted grey. It's a of those coppers in the sunlight.
2: Oh,
1: gotcha. All right, cheers, mate. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Thanks, guys. Hopefully, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? We'll see. We'll see.
0: Triple M breakfast. We're looking right now, as you should be aware, for the best of Brisbane. Now, we've had best... uh, What have we had? Burger,
1: bakery, all the bees.
0: Sporting club. That bakery, I heard them the other day. They were saying their sales have gone from 3,000 to 10,000 pies a week. Absolutely. Good
2: parking there,
0: too. Too busy. Right now, we're looking for the best pizzas in Brisbane. You can vote at mm au. if you've got a pizza joint. Please go to our website. You can download uh, everything you need to know there and encourage your customers to vote. Vote for you, because we want you to win.
1: Hey, there's been a heap of nominations. This is looking like it's going to be our most popular. We're in the thousands of votes are uh, on triplem.com.au. So, as Jamie mentioned, head over there. But these are the some of the, some of the nominations that we've received so far.
3: Top Pizza in Albany Creek makes me my uh, special pizza, which is a pepperoni with chorizo, mushrooms and uh, pineapple.
6: Big Boss Pizzas just opened up at Rochdale South. Honestly, the best, freshest, most amazing pizza and it's affordable. I voted for Funketeers Pizzeria at Chermside.
0: Mosaic Pizzas in Shaler Park, they got my vote. Not your processed crap. (laughs) Okay, lots of good nominations there. We
1: spoke to Lewis from Mosaic Pizza yesterday. There's some honourable mentions here as well, Marto. Pizzeria La Prima in Springfield, Proper Pizza at Jindalee, Sam's Gourmet Pizzas at Carabee and Stone and Brew at Highgate Hill.
2: Everyone feels a great community feel about their pizza. Everyone goes, I love my pizza shop, so keep voting. Um, Can we take it back a notch, though? It's Wednesday. Can we run this?
0: Triple M Breakfasts. Remember Wednesday.
2: Remember Wednesday. I bring this up.
0: Yeah.
2: In 1978. Right. Australia's first home-delivered pizza. Oh. Now, I'm, I'm sure some of these shops also home-deliver, and I just want to go on that track, and that's why I thought of it, was Silvio's Home Pizza. Silvio Up here, you know, when you go through the Normby Five Ways, you just keep, keep on going up near the Catholic Church, that's Musgrove Road, just down the road from there, okay? So, from where we are at the top of Caxton Street, about a kilometre away from here, Australia's first ever home-delivery, and they, it was pizzas. Did
1: they have the big phone? The was big big they, red
2: there? phone. Yeah. they had a little higher, a little lower van, like a little, low not ace. a high ace, <laughs> a low ace van, a yellow, and they had a red phone on top. It was incredible. And we we just went, wow. I didn't realise this was first in Australia because they just went, wow, you can order it. Well, I didn't need to because I live 400 metres away. We used to go walk there and get a pizza, but they used to deliver and everyone just went nuts. And that ended up, that bloke Silvio ended up,
1: how many franchises did they end up I with? I don't know, heaps. Apparently hundreds? they were
2: in every state in Australia yeah, and right. that's when Domino's whoever started Domino's did oh, bang yeah. bang 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 and that's how they if anyone can tell a lie, say you're telling a lie go right ahead but I'm claiming 1978 Silvio started up home delivery pizza and that's how Domino's got their foot into the market what as well. What
1: happened to Silvio? After he was bought out by Domino. I think he's done okay.
2: He's all right. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. he would have paid off his mortgage, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Either yeah. that or he went spectacularly belly, spectacularly <laughs> belly up. I don't I know. I hear
1: the Silvio's name is in real estate now. Oh. Perhaps. As in Silvio Silvio. I believe so. You, you never know. He or would maybe be a around. Son.
2: That's 46 years ago, I guess. 46 years ago, that's when the first home deliver pizza. They're saying in Australia, I just looked it up then, in Australia. So we're uh, we're right on the vanguard.
1: My first job was actually at Domino's, and I've talked about this before. I used to I started out as the wobble board girl, you know, out, out the, front, the front. Five ninety five pizzas come in and well, get ribbits, them. Ribbits used to do that too. Oh,
0: ribbits, yeah. ribbits, pizzas and, and pizza, yeah,
1: and pasta. And pizza. Oh,
0: Okay, good lord. Uh,
1: but we used to we used to, and then I moved. Remember I, Wednesday? I, I, yeah. I graduated uh, from the wobble board, and I moved into answering the phones, and then from phones I went into pizza, and I can still remember the smell of all of the toppings that uh, were on my hands when. And you were making the pizzas, yeah. and then the sauce that you used to get spilled on your uniform. I can just still remember that smell, but the best part about it was, is we used to get to take home a pizza after each shift. You could take it home and share it with the family, or you oh, could just eat it to yourself in the car that's on the a way good home, perk. but it was great.
2: Actually, can we talk about perks? Remember Wednesday, remember Wednesday, the perks of one of your jobs. I can remember working at Golden Silver Cannery, you're allowed to go through the can shop on the way home, and they wouldn't have labels on mm. them, but they'd just have some writing what they were. Bang. Half price. Like, not even half price. But, Corey's
1: mum used to work on the... That, um, sorry,
2: is that a perk?
0: you like a pineapple a and <laughs> Pineapple. <laughs> hey, yeah, pineapple and yeah, a pizza, so we, we have. might need to discuss cordial. that. You get some cordial too. What about I, pies and things, that you know, if there's leftover stock at the end of the day from bakeries?
1: Corey's mum used to work on the, um, on the belt at Paul's just over here at she South King. Brisbane. Yeah, she used to work in the warehouse there, Ice and they cream. used to get... Um, custard, yogurts, uh, milk, anything uh, that was defected or the labelling was incorrect yeah. or anything like that, they could just take home. But people
2: from the brewery, they'll, oh, well, no, you can do, accept or deny this, but um, it, they'd accidentally bump it with a forklift and oh, we gonna have to.
1: someone's going to have to take that home. But they home. get given cartons. We've got a mate <laughs> who works for Forex. He oh, always okay. has a keg at the caravan park. Silvio Silvio himself has contacted us. He listens He's to our show. Voice, got a bit of a sore throat. Uh, but he said, no, you got it go around the wrong way, Triple M. What happened? He said, Silvio's bought the Domino's Australia and New Zealand master franchise. So, so Domino's was Domino's in America. Domino's American. Yeah. Was founded in 1960. Yeah. Then Silvio's bought... The Domino's master franchise for Australia and New Zealand. Right. Rebranded, merged, and Silvio's then became Domino's. Dom-
2: right? I oh, Sorted. wow. He
1: is now a commercial real estate agent at Springwood. I told you he'd moved into real estate. What? Mm. Oh, this is great news. Uh, and stuff. then
2: we started talking about the stuff you took <laughs> home from pizza shops, and then if you worked at pizza shops, then it made stuff you
1: took home from anywhere you worked. Charlie and Aspley, 13353. What industry did you work in and what were the perks? Morning, Margot,
0: Margot. Yeah, the fill-in, how are you going? The fill-in, yeah. <laughs> the That's fill-in's great. A nice, a Small thing. penis but yeah, in all oh, too, too. That unnecessary. Enough, Come True, on. But enough.
1: Charlie, where'd yeah, you work, mate?
3: I used to work in the air freight industry for 30 years, and the best perk I ever got was what was called an AD-75. Is that and a it was type the of 75? Plane? 75%
1: discount on any international flight, to any destination. Oh, my Lord. Jeez, now, that's good. The feeling over here, he's a plane connoisseur, yeah. loves planes. Tell me more. We'll
0: talk off
1: air. 75% off international flights. That's a pretty good discount, Charlie. Did you book anywhere? Are uh, kidding? Everywhere.
6: Um In the end, in was the, end
3: the last <laughs> airline. <laughs> the last airline that did it was Thai Airways. Yeah. And... Um, Mate, every six months I'd fly to Phuket for 400 bucks, returning the confirmed seat. Okay, so it? you were on
2: the police radar. That's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got locked up
3: there. But yeah. I know I got locked
2: up there. That's another story. Okay, <laughs> okay. Another story. For another, another, day, another day, Charlie. Day. We'll yeah. keep your number.
1: <laughs> we'll call you, not the other way around. Hey, uh, Cam in Burp and Gary East. Good morning.
2: Good morning, legends. Yeah, How's it going?
1: Yeah, hey, good, mate. Nice. Good, mate. I used to get a pizza every after every shift at Domino's. What was it for you?
2: Uh, about 32 years ago, I worked at Macca's, me and my mates, and uh, when we worked, we used to get free food and we were allowed to make whatever we wanted. So before the times of, you know, the triple cheeseburger and all that, we oh, would you'd make like the full pounder. So it's not a quarter pounder, it's full <laughs> pounder. A full <laughs> pounder. So you were, you, were, you were the
1: inventor of what's now on Macca's menus as a staple.
2: Yeah, we used to go through stuff like double cheese, triple cheese, Make chicken with tomato and lettuce, because <laughs> uh, we were bored yeah. and trying to make each other pretty much eat until we carked it. Yeah. So yeah, the, quarter, the full panda was invented. It was an elite little club in our kitchen. You only a few could eat it. Which which mac just for everyone? Which mac were you working at camp? Uh,
0: Armadale in New South Wales when I was a kid. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> I I am from Inverell. We used to go to Armadale. <laughs> you drive it all the It was t- it was an hour and a half away. We used to go there to get uh, to get yeah. and then you get back
2: to yeah. Inverell. You'd be hungry. And was then we go back to Armadale for KFC. Oh, you had all the <laughs> uni students there, Cam? Yeah, students. We used to make them go through drive through, and they'd say if they got a full meal. They get a free Sunday, but they had to show their student card. And we used to make them show their student card up to the speaker.
6: <laughs>
2: camera. Idiots. Oh, well, that sounds a
1: little bit better than maybe some uh, discounted uh, tinned pineapple.
3: It, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple <laughs> Breakfast. We member
0: Thank you for your calls the
3: Triple